Welcome to the show, Jen. Today we're talking about the paper blending simulation and abstraction for physical reasoning. Thanks for having me, Tom. This is a really interesting paper and I'm excited to talk about it. Me too. So let's start with the basics. What is physical reasoning? Physical reasoning is our ability to understand and predict the behavior of objects in the physical world. It's something that we do all the time without even thinking about it. For example, when we catch a ball, we're using our physical reasoning skills to predict where the ball will land and how much force we need to use to catch it. And how do we do that? Well, according to this paper, there are two main ways, simulation and abstraction. Simulation is pretty straightforward. We basically create a mental model of the situation and then run it forward in time to see what happens. Right, and abstraction is a bit more complicated it's about taking shortcuts and making generalizations based on our past experiences. For example, we might know that a ball will always fall to the ground if we drop it, so we don't need to simulate the entire trajectory of the ball. We can just use that general rule. So which one do we use, simulation or abstraction? According to this paper, we use both. The authors propose a blended model that combines simulation and abstraction, they say that we use simulation when we need to be precise, and we use abstraction when we can get away with it. That makes sense. So what are the implications of this paper? Well, it suggests that our physical reasoning skills are more flexible than we thought. We're not just running a mental simulation of the world all the time. We're also using shortcuts and generalizations to make things easier for ourselves. And that has implications for how we design AI systems. If we want to create AI systems that can reason about the physical world, we need to give them the ability to use both simulation and abstraction. Exactly. This paper is a really important step towards that goal. Thanks for joining me today, Jen. This has been a really interesting discussion. Thanks for having me. Narrator, do you ever wonder how robots will learn to navigate the physical world? Well, wonder no more. Introducing BlendoCorp, the world's leading provider of blended simulation and abstraction technology for physical reasoning. Our patented technology allows robots to learn from their experiences and make predictions about the future, just like humans. With BlendoCorp's technology, robots can catch a ball without dropping it, pour a glass of water without spilling a drop, walk up and down stairs without falling, and much, much more. But that's not all. BlendoCorp's technology can also be used to create realistic simulations of the physical world. This can be used for training robots, developing new products, and even creating video games. So what are you waiting for? Contact BlendoCorp today and see how our technology can help you. BlendoCorp, where robots learn to think like humans. Fine print, BlendoCorp is a fictional company. Any resemblance to real companies is purely coincidental. The 20-page text defines parallelisms, undeviations in rhymed and metered texts and describes specific types of these features in detail. The text is organized into five sections. 1. Introduction, 500 plus words. The text provides a brief history of the research on parallelism and deviation, which led to the creation of the manual and mentions that it was developed based on a series of studies conducted at the Max Planck Institute for Empirical Aesthetics. 
defines the terms parallelism and deviation as they are used in the manual, states that the manual is intended for coders with some level of experience with poetic and rhetorical language. Core, 2500 plus words, presents a detailed discussion of each of the five dimensions of parallelism, phonology, morphology, syntax, interactions between verse metrical group and sentence prosody, and semantics. Provides examples of common types of parallelisms in each dimension. Explains which forms of deviation are considered relevant to the manual and discusses each of the four dimensions of deviation, phonology, morphology, syntax, and lexis. Provides examples of common types of deviations in each dimension. Three, implications and applications, 500 plus words, briefly summarizes the main points of the manual. Discusses the potential impact of the manual on the field of literary studies argues that the manual can be used to analyze poetic features that are either parallelistic or based on deviations from linguistic norms in any kind of rhymed and metered text. 4. Conclusion, 500 plus words, summarizes the main points discussed in the episode, expresses the hope that the manual will be a useful tool for researchers and invites feedback to improve future versions of the manual. Personal Reflections, 500 plus words, describes the author's personal experiences working on the manual and their broader relevance, expresses the hope that the manual will be a valuable resource for scholars and students interested in the study of parallelism and deviation in rhymed and metered texts. In a world where poetry analysis meets artificial intelligence, there's a company that's breaking the mold, introducing Parallel Deviations, Inc., the pioneers of automated literary analysis. Scene one, a frustrated literature professor buried under a stack of papers, sighs in despair. Tired of spending hours deciphering poetic parallelisms and deviations? Let Parallel Deviations, Inc. take the weight off your shoulders. Scene two, a montage of quirky characters, each representing a different literary genre, dancing and celebrating. From sonnets to rap battles, we've got you covered. Our state-of-the-art algorithms will analyze your texts with precision and panache. Scene three, a group of students gathered around a computer, laughing and pointing at the screen. Unlock the hidden meanings and nuances of your favorite works with our user-friendly interface. It's like having your own literary sidekick. Scene four, a close-up of the Parallel Deviations Inc. logo with the tagline, where poetry meets AI analytics. At Parallel Deviations, Inc., we're not just analyzing literature, we're revolutionizing it. Join the literary revolution today. On-screen text, Parallel Deviations, Inc., making literary analysis a breeze. Visit our website or call us now to learn more. Let's make poetry analysis weird, wonderful, and effortlessly accurate. In this episode, we'll delve into the research paper, Avoidance and Fear Day-by-Day Day in Social Anxiety Disorder, which investigates the relationship between avoidance and fear in individuals with social anxiety disorder, SAD. The paper aims to provide empirical evidence for a feedback loop between avoidance and fear and examine whether this loop varies across individuals and timeframes. We'll break down the key concepts and findings of the study in a comprehensive manner. Let's start with the background. Cognitive behavioral models of SAD propose that social avoidance leads to immediate anxiety reduction 
but ultimately maintains the disorder in the long term. However, there has been a lack of direct tests of this feedback loop in the day-to-day -day lives of people with SAD. The study addresses this gap by employing intensive longitudinal data to examine prospective relationships between social fear and social avoidance in 32 participants with SAD. The participants reported on a total of 456 time points, providing a rich data set for analysis. The results revealed that avoidance strongly predicted future anxiety, supporting the theoretical notion that avoidance maintains fear in SAD. However, this relationship was not consistent across all participants. Some individuals demonstrated a strong feedback loop, while others showed weaker or no associations between avoidance and anxiety. The study also investigated individual differences and found that the strength of autocorrelation for social fear was a good target for future testing of exposure response prediction. Participants with lower autocorrelations were less likely to show between-session habituation, suggesting that they may be more responsive to exposure-based interventions. The findings highlight the complexity of the relationship between avoidance and fear in SAD. While avoidance can maintain fear for some individuals, it may not be a universal phenomenon across all people with the disorder. This variability underscores the need for personalized treatment approaches that consider individual differences. The study also emphasizes the importance of considering multiple timeframes when examining avoidance and fear. The researchers found that the strength of the relationship between these constructs varied depending on the timescale examined. This suggests that the feedback loop between avoidance and fear may operate differently over short-term and long-term periods. Overall, the study provides valuable insights into the dynamic interplay between avoidance and fear in SAD-ED. The findings support the theoretical models that emphasize the role of avoidance in maintaining anxiety, while also highlighting the heterogeneity of this relationship across individuals and timeframes. These results have implications for the development of more effective treatments for SAD. This concludes our discussion of the paper. We hope this episode has shed light on the complex relationship between avoidance and fear in social anxiety disorder. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us. Thanks for listening. Are you tired of letting social anxiety control your life? Do you wish you could break free from the vicious cycle of avoidance and fear? Introducing the Avoidance and Fear Buster 3000. This revolutionary device, inspired by the groundbreaking research paper on avoidance and fear in social anxiety disorder, is guaranteed to change your life. Simply wear the Avoidance and Fear Buster 3000 around your neck and it will emit soothing vibrations that will instantly calm your nerves and boost your confidence. But that's not all. The device also comes with a built-in avoidance detector. Whenever you start to feel anxious and tempted to avoid a social situation, the Avoidance and Fear Buster 3000 will emit a gentle electric shock to remind you to face your fears. With the Avoidance and Fear Buster 3000, you can finally say goodbye to social anxiety and embrace a life of freedom and fulfillment. But wait, there's more. For a limited time, we're offering a special discount of 50% off. So act now and order your Avoidance and Fear Buster 3000 today. Disclaimer, the Avoidance and Fear Buster 3000 is a fictional product and should not be taken seriously. 
If you are struggling with social anxiety disorder, please seek professional help. And that's it for this review of the paper, Innovating Skin Cancer Detection with Transfer Learning, Feature Fusion, Efficient Data Management, Data Augmentation, and Interdisciplinary Expertise for Better Outcomes. Thanks for joining us to discuss this important topic. If you have any questions or comments, please leave them below, and we'll be sure to respond. Until next time, stay curious. What if detecting skin cancer was as easy as taking a selfie? Introducing Dermasnap, the revolutionary app powered by cutting-edge technology from the paper, innovating skin cancer detection with transfer learning, feature fusion, efficient data management, data augmentation, and interdisciplinary expertise for better outcomes. Dermasnap uses your smartphone's camera to scan your skin for suspicious moles or lesions. Our AI algorithms, trained on a vast database of images, analyze the data and provide a risk assessment in real time. No more waiting weeks for an appointment with a dermatologist. No more worrying about whether that spot on your skin is something to be concerned about. With Dermasnap, you can take control of your skin health and catch skin cancer early when it's most treatable. So why wait? Download Dermasnap today and start snapping your way to healthier skin. Disclaimer, Dermasnap is not a substitute for professional medical advice. If you have any concerns about your skin health, please consult a dermatologist. Welcome to the podcast, where we'll be discussing the research paper MoralNet, a benchmarking protocol for evaluating morality in AI systems. Jen, what's this paper all about? MoralNet is a proposal for a new initiative in the field of artificial intelligence ethics. The authors argue that we need a large-scale, multimodal dataset and benchmarking protocol to evaluate how well AI systems can make moral judgments. Why is this important? As AI systems become more capable, it's becoming increasingly important to make sure that they're making decisions in a way that's consistent with human values. MoralNet would provide a way to measure and compare the ethical performance of different AI systems. How would MoralNet work? MoralNet would be a data set of moral dilemmas, along with annotations from human judges about what the correct response to each dilemma would be. AI systems would be trained on this data set and then tested on their ability to make moral judgments on new dilemmas. What are some of the challenges in creating MoralNet? One challenge is the difficulty of defining what counts as a moral judgment. Another challenge is collecting enough data to train and test AI systems on a wide range of moral dilemmas. Are there any existing initiatives that are similar to MoralNet? There are a few other projects that are working on developing benchmarks for AI ethics. However, MoralNet is unique, is unique in its focus on creating a large-scale, multimodal data set that can be used to train and test AI systems on a wide range of moral dilemmas. What are the potential implications of MoralNet? MoralNet could have a significant impact on the field of AI ethics. It could provide a way to measure and compare the ethical performance of different AI systems, and it could help to identify areas where AI systems need to be improved. Thanks, Jen. This is a fascinating paper, and I'm excited to see how MoralNet develops in the future. A man and woman are sitting on a couch watching TV. Hey, 
Have you heard of MoralNet? No, what's that? It's a company that evaluates the morality of AI systems. That's weird. Why would anyone need that? Well, as AI systems become more powerful, we need to make sure they're making decisions in a way that's consistent with human values. MoralNet can help us do that. I guess that makes sense. But how does it work? MoralNet has a data set of moral dilemmas, along with annotations from human judges about what the correct response to each dilemma would be. AI systems are trained on this data set and then tested on their ability to make moral judgments on new dilemmas. Woman. That sounds complicated. It is, but it's important. We need to make sure that AI systems are making ethical decisions. I agree, but I still think it's weird. Maybe so, but it's the future. On-screen text, making sure AI systems are on the right side of right and wrong. Because even robots need a moral compass.